We are so glad that you are joining us for part two of the lesson, Trusting God Through the Transitions, continuing with Bill and Pastor Brent tag-teaming this lesson. They have some more great content for you today, so let's continue to dive in and hear what they have to say. The next thing I want to talk about, though, is notice this. If you're transitioning, uh, you got to stay close to the current leader. There's a training phase, and you just hit on that, a shadowing process. Uh, in 2 Kings 2, uh, you look at 2 through 8, there's a phrase that comes up three different times. Elijah is now knowing he's going to depart and go to hev heaven. And you'll see four different places he's about to go. He's about to go to Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho, and Jordan. And there's a whole lesson in that about what each the, one of those each, means. Maybe yeah, we'll talk about that one out. day. Yeah. But there's something Elisha says. He says, I will not leave you. And even others say, you know your master is leaving today. He said, I will not leave you. And he follows to Gilgal. I will not leave you. He follows to Bethel. I will not leave you, Jericho. I began to look into this. You know that he stayed with him by his side, shadowing him for seven to eight years years yeah. he wow. stayed up under there here's what i believe i believe that shadowing the leader brings that continuity yeah. okay so it brings us together and in my opinion and we'll just talk about some of these for a minute you got to stay close to that next leader if you're going to successfully transition and i think there's some non-negotiables i know there's yeah. books out there and things like that when you're transferring leadership some of the non-negotiables in my opinion is you got to have respect yeah for the current leader. I had massive amounts of respect for him. Yeah. If you don't have respect for the current leader, you're not the right one yeah, to transition. Right. I think you have to have loyalty, in my opinion, to the current leader before the transition, during the transition, and after the that's transition. Right. That's or right. you will lose all those people that that's that right. he is passing. You don't want to tear up your foundation. No, I think you gotta have a shared vision with the current leader. Yeah. The thing that worked with us yeah. is we had the same vision. That's right. Uh, I'm carrying out the vision that God gave you, the yes. vision of Jesus to reach uh, lost, unchurched people just yeah. like you. Elijah and Elisha had the same vision. Right. I think too that you gotta be coachable. Yeah. I remained extremely coachable because I realized there's a lot of things I didn't know that this man could teach me. And I think the lid to some people transitioning is they're not coachable. That's true. That, that right there is it. It's that when you become unteachable or uncoachable is when you're done. That's right. And one of the things that people don't know, and I remember you and I had this relationship, and here's the key. I think in a lot of that, the central glue that holds it together is the relationship. A lot, you and I transitioned from, from pastor to, to son. There were probably 13 in America that did the same thing, churches, at the same time we did. None of those have lasted. Yep. We, we know them. Or they've lost most of their members. Yeah. And the uh, problem is that either the son wanted that seat so bad he yes. pushed the dad out or the dad wanted to control so much. And the problem is the, the relationship, I think, was the seat. You know what's interesting, what you just said, and this is not a note, notes or anything. What's interesting is this. What you just said is 100% correct. We actually had a deal that a lot of people don't know, but we had a deal when I first thing came to work for you. They called me to work for you and they said, he needs your help on the accounting side and on the hiring the right people. And you got out of the uh, hospital with heart attacks. Yeah. And I said, I'll help him for free. Yeah. So I come in and I help. Uh, and we made a deal that if the business ever gets in front of the relationship that I'll leave. Yeah. And right. that was my deal, and that yeah. was your deal. You said, no, our relationship's yeah. number relationship one. more important. But you just said something pretty interesting. The young guy usually wants the seat. What's interesting with Elisha and Elisha is he said, I will not, I will not leave you. I will not leave you. I will not leave you. And if God wouldn't have broke us up, yeah. 
I would have never left you, and you would have never left me. I know. And God had to put you in the hospital, that's, and for Him to be able to yeah. talk to you. That's true. Yeah, that's just true. from the heart. But that's yeah, true. true. We would have been at the hip until death do us part. Yeah. And 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 here's a here's a thought about that. One is, I I have looked at you, and on the coachable side, Brent, you've done it so well. Uh, I remember a, a time we've always had this dialogue where. I would say things that I know may hurt you. Sure. And the Bible says the wounds That's of right. a friend. Doesn't mean you won't ever go through life and be wounded. You're going to be wounded, but I'd rather be wounded by a friend than an enemy. And he says the wounds of a friend, so you have to know underneath they're helping me. That's right. And it's the ability to be coachable and teachable. And it says wounds of a friend are faithful, which yes. means over and over and over. Yeah. I, I would watch, <laughs> or at least in my yeah, life <laughs> I would watch you sometimes, and, and I remember one time you preached a fantastic sermon, but there was one phrase that you used that I said, I don't think that's the best phrase. So after it was over with, the mistake I made was I walked up and in front of all of your staff, I just looked at you and talked like I normally do when it's just me and you. I said, throw that statement out, that doesn't work. You said, okay. And when I walked away, I noticed the staff looked like, oh God, that would have broke my heart, crushed my feelings, discouraged me. And they were looking more at, how did Pastor Brent accept this blunt statement from his dad. That's how so we easy. communicate. Yeah, it's we like do. It's like that Jerry Maguire thing where they, they yeah. just said, you think we're fighting, I think we're communicating. <laughs> That's, right. That's right, and you've always thanked me. You did with me. I remember one time driving home, I was in the car and you called me and said, let me tell you about the problem here. And you, and you said, you're the problem. And you told me I was the problem and I listened and said, and we had to you know, move you right. out. Remember, yeah. you were on campus. That's I right. said, you got to get off campus. Yeah. You're wanting to micromanage. That's Let right. me run this and move you. Yeah. And it works. Oh, it does. And, but and that's, that coachable it's the thing. relationship and being coachable. And let me ask you a question. When do you get to a spot in your leadership where uh, you no longer need coaching? I don't think I don't think you ever do. Exactly. Never. No. Never. No. And guess what I've learned, though? The further you go, the more specific coaches you get. Yes. If you watch baseball, they have one coach in T-ball. Yeah. Yeah, one coach. The further they go, our friend Tim Hudson, I talked to him, he's got a batting coach, pitching coach, so-and-so right. coach, conditioning coach, health coach. You, you start getting dialed in and say, I want a financial right. coach. I want this coach. I want this. And you you're, you become more coachable. That's right. Uh, but, you know, I know we stayed on that a long time, but I believe that there's some there's some intangible values, that non-negotiables that you got to have. Had to have the same values. You got to be connected to the current uh, leader. Your, your um, hunger to grow. I think it's got to be big. Yeah. If, if you, the problem is you will outgrow the people around you if they're not growing with you. There should never be a, a big gap between the leader and the and the people behind him. If that gap's too big, you're gonna always have a problem. The leader's always trying to pull them up. If that leader is not growing and he's got a lot of growing team around him, people like. They will push him and aggravate him. He'll be thinking, y'all slow down. I'm not trying to work so hard. So either way, both of them have to be growing. And in transitions, one of the things I've noticed with the staff that I try to be very intentional with is to grow them. We grow every single week. Yeah. Uh, we listen to leadership. We learn. We grow. Because, because I don't want to outgrow them. Yeah. And then what I've noticed about growth, when you're growing, it takes care of the problems for you. It, does. it takes care of some of those who are just here for the ride. Yeah. They can't. They, they, it shows up real quick, yes. but continual growth, uh, coachability. Uh, here's something I notice here in this when we talk about staying close to the current leader. He was so close that when God took Elijah to heaven, that the mantle fell, and that was the the mantle uh, represented spiritual leadership. Yeah. It fell from heaven, 
and it landed on the ground. Now you would think logically it would have landed on Elisha, Elisha the yeah. next day, but it didn't. Elisha had to pick it up. Yes. He had to pick up the mantle. He had to pick up that roll. Yep. I think in your life, you got to understand, you're going to have some things that stop you, some roadblocks. Some th but if God's got a calling on your life, if God's transitioning you into the next promotion or next level or this business idea or this concept, you have to pick up the mantle. And you got to own it. And the only thing you can't transfer is responsibility. And so you've got to say, if God's given me this, I choose to pick up the mantle. As much as I didn't want to be a pastor, um, I had to. It chose me, and I had to either be disobedient or obedient uh, to God. But you got to stay close to the um, the current leader. And then um, I believe you had a point number five that was very interesting uh, to me on how do you know if if God's in it, as far as the confirmation of the of the of the uh, transition, how, how do you one, know? One way is that others will confirm it. Other people will start seeing it. And I said with you when we first started, and and we knew that you were there. I said, Brent, uh, God will confirm it to me, and God will confirm it to you. But I'm looking for the people to confirm it as well. I wanted what we call my people. Uh, I wanted them to believe in you and receive you and see that as well. And so when the people confirm it, suddenly there's more of a validation. Okay, now I have that right to lead because you have to earn the right to lead. I tried this intentionally. I've never even told the church about this. I'll just explain it right now for you. I've had a strategic plan all along. You know that. But, but, but with you, and you don't even know this one as much, I have not jumped up and pushed every week. My boy Brent, let me tell you how great Brent's doing. Let me tell you how great. I haven't done that. Some people have probably looked at me and said, I wonder how Brother Bill is with Brent's taking the leadership and how well he's done. I haven't stepped in and tried to brag as much for one reason. I wanted them to see it. I don't want them to live off my endorsement. I want them to see it and validate themselves. And so I've kind of saved a lot of that change intentionally say, I've seen what a leader he was. I've seen his capability. I've seen his heart. But I want them to see it. Now, I can tell them all about it, or they can see it. So I step back. You know, I'm, I'm away a lot just so that you're there. And now what's interesting is it's got the feel. Everybody knows you're the pastor. I'm former pastor. And it's better there for I that reason. I think if you're a leader, you want to earn it. Yes. You know, you, there, there's a certain level that's given to you that's, okay, if I, if I trust Bill, yeah. so I'm going to trust, you know, uh, Brent to a certain yeah. degree. Uh, but as a leader, you want to earn your own right to the table. And for me, and this may speak to uh, some people, uh, for me, knowing who I had to follow, I mean, my goodness, I had big shoes to follow. Um, it was, it was, I worked twice as hard. It pushed me to get content. It pushed me to study more twice as long as others do because I wanted to earn uh, respect. And I think, you know, that was one of the things that it, it pushed me to do. And then I learned that it wasn't to have your shoes. So a lot of people say, feel my, you know, you got to feel this guy's shoes. I, I had to learn that um, God gave me my own shoes and says, you're going to be a little bit different and you're going to, yeah. you know, you're going to run a little bit different, do things a little bit different. And that's okay. Yes. You know, um, if I wanted a carbon copy of Bill, I would have made another Bill. That's right. You know, that's and right. so... There's so much of that that, uh, that I think we learned. It is. That, and that, that's been the thing. The, the confirmation of that from the people is the biggest thing. When they start buying in, you're right. And, and there is something in them that say, well, how, how's God going to take, you know, take the, the, the ministry or my business? or my, how, How's he going to do this you know, without that person there, without that face? And I think the benefit is the same God 
that took care of of the leader is going to take care of the new leader. I read that this morning in my quiet time. I was talking about Joshua. Yes. And it says the same, I'm, I was the same God that was with Moses will be will. also with you. Yeah, that's you right. And, and and it's true. It uh, is. Sometimes we stress and we manufacture, try to worry about how to manufacture. God's in control. He's still on the throne. The last point there that I want you to share was yeah. powerful. This is my favorite statement of the whole lesson that we did together, but I'll let you share this. Yeah, the, this one is number six is the confirmation of your leadership transfer is going to be shown and told when you're gone. You don't know then whether you're a good leader. I mean, you, you may have led well at that time and that season, but was it really was it really rooted? Was it anchored? Could it weather the storms? Could it bear fruit? You really don't know until you step back. It's afterwards that it bears the fruit. And um, John Maxwell said it this way. He said, the litmus test for leadership is not what you did while you were there not what you accomplished while you were there, but what happens when you leave. You and I have seen companies, we've seen businesses, we've seen churches that when that face or that leader leaves, it falls apart, it declines, it dies, or it divides. But on the other hand, like in our situation, it just, it was like it got a second wind. Yeah, it it got kind of like, you know, we, we love UFC uh, fighting, and you'll see these guys in the corner, their coach will say, okay, go change levels. And all he's saying is, you did a feeling out, now you go out there in the second round, change the level, make it faster, make it quicker. That's what, if you do it right, it changes levels. And the same thing happens spiritually here. Yeah. You look at Elisha, he did double the miracles that Elisha did. Yeah. Uh, you know, when Elijah was gone, Double the miracles uh, happened, yeah. but I think it's a testament of your leadership as well, and and uh, our relationship and you pouring into me. Really, I've had a lifetime of living with a leader. I've often thought about it. I said, you know, if I ever write a book, I'm gonna write a book on living with a leader. But um, th you know, it's been that I've been up under training my whole life. Yeah, and that comes into part of the leadership thing. It goes back to your mentoring thing. I'm asked this question sometimes when you do a Q and A. People say, well, is leadership caught or taught? And I said both. Yes, it, 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 yeah, you can read about it by being taught, but it's also caught. Who you are around affects how you think. I agree. Uh, that's true in every area of your life. Hang around with a bunch of people that go to the gym every day, and there'll be a time you got you got to work out, you got to eat right. Hang around. In fact, it's a proven fact. Dave Ramsey tells it that your finances are always <laughs> going to be basically around the same level of I within $20,000 of the five people the five you hang people around with most. And that is true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it was Jim Rohn that said that you are the sum average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah. Now think about that. We used to think, no, 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 I'm bringing them up or this. Uh, no, you're the average. <laughs> you're, yeah. the, you're the sum average it, of the five it, people. That, that, what it is is I, I remember on the Dave Ramsey thing because I thought, well, financially that was interesting. So I asked them, okay, what what is the dynamic that makes that work? And here's what it was. When you're around them, it just kind of like, I said, wow, it's right in front of me. When you're around them, you see how they think. They think differently. And same values. And, yeah, and, and so you, you say, here's a situation. That leader handled it different than this one. And you, you, it's imparted. It's grown. It's one of those things that it, it kind of molds you. It does. And before long, they start saying, you, in fact, here's an interesting thing. Because I've been in ministry so many years, I can go to a church and visit it. And if it's a great church, and you, you know, you meet the people like where, where your brother BJ goes yeah. to. I sat down and said, "Dad, you're like my pastor." His pastor got to speak, and then before he finished his second sentence, I said he was mentored by Bill Hybels. 
He said, what? Well, you can tell it. And so a month or two later, BJ sent me a text. Dad, you're right. He says, my mentor will be Ohio. I can almost see a pastor say he was mentored by so-and-so. That's who he's reading. That's who he's associated. Because they've got kind of a, some of the similarities like that. That's what you want. Find that leader that, that's, right. that, that's there and mimic that. Who you're around is going to determine how yeah. far you go. Yes. And for, for Elisha, he did double the miracles because of that training and being up under Elisha and obviously God's hand on his life. One of the things that helped me as we wrap this thing up, too, is you talk about transferring is one of the things that you did to help me is you kept what I call a loose leash on me. Yeah. You uh, you let me be myself. Um, I've seen a lot of guys that are in my spot, and they're the the father that's passing the baton has not passed. He's still got that hand on that baton, and it's slowing everything down because two people can't run at the same time holding on to it. Right. And I'm looking at the younger guys and saying, man, this guy can fly. Yes. He could go. He could soar if he would let him go. One of the things you did with me is you let me step into my God-given uh, potential. You knew that my ministry was going to look a little bit different yeah. than yours, but also that we served the same God and had the same purpose. Yes. But, the, the you know, I mean, I came in during COVID. We changed all the seats and yes. all the lights and everything. And, and you know, I knew that you were going to have a heart attack when you came in here, but we also <laughs> saw... We saw the potential on the online ministry, and we said we've got to start thinking globally. And we want it to look. How does it look through the camera? Doesn't matter how it looks in per. How does it look through the camera? And uh, and so we had to do a lot of that. But you you allowed me to be myself, and allowed me in a way to have my own pair of shoes. Yes. And and I realized it's okay. That, well, and, and so part of that is seeing too that you're when you when you're the leader and you've got a transition, you realize okay, age is coming up, but you also notice. It's a different day. It's different. Things are moving so fast. Yeah, changing. I, at the stage that I was, I remember I came into a staff meeting one time, and I don't know what the thing was, a Blu-ray, Bluetooth, blue, blue something. Bluetooth. Yeah, I said something so stupid, the whole room broke out laughing. It was a Bluetooth. I was so he far said, behind. I don't know how to connect my Blu-ray. Yeah. And I said, Dad, that's a Bluetooth for number one. <laughs> and the whole room just looked. <laughs> and Blu-ray is a DVD. we we got to get you generationally. Yeah. <laughs> and I look around, and the, the guys my age now, I said that a lot of stuff I had, they're older. They're moving slower. You came along and brought in, a, you know, team. Now, I'm an old guy. I feel yeah, like. Well you, well, you got a young team. I, we got you a know, good balance. You mentioned about Jonathan, who does so much of your media stuff. Oh, he's amazing. You brought in people that your generation, and they knew the language, the lingo. Missions the same. Methods are different. But it happened because you know you but make you, the transition you allowed that me age. To, you allowed me again to have that loose leash and, and to try these things, and, and I see that scripturally uh, with David and Solomon. There's something that's always stood out. I studied their transition too, and there were three things on his deathbed. He said, "Be careful of Shimei, and be careful of this one, and be careful of that one." Yeah. And then he said this statement over and over. He would give him advice, and he'd, he'd say, "And he's dying on his deathbed, but he'd say, Solomon." Here's my advice, but you're wise, you'll know what to do. Hmm. But you're wise, you'll know what to yeah. do. You're, he was telling them, be careful of this, but I trust you to handle yeah. it the right way. And I think that, that you've done that for me, and that's it's helped me in this transition. I sure do hope this message has blessed you today and helped you uh, as you think about 
God transitioning you into a different role or a different position or a different department or leaving your legacy uh, of your company, of your values to the next generation. Um, something interesting about this story that we talked about today is names in the Bible mean everything. I mean, they, they represent a character, what the person stands for, their values. Elijah's name means my God is Yahweh. An easy way to remember that is when there seems to be no way, my God is Yahweh. So no matter what you're going through, remember that. Now, Elisha's name is pretty cool as well. Elisha's name means my God is salvation. Now, that's a big deal. Um, our mission he statement here, you, you, you know it. Our mission statement at BP Leadership is we exist to create leaders for the local church and to reach the unchurched through biblical leadership training. That's why we exist. And so I would be... Um, I would be doing you uh, the wrong thing by not giving you the most important thing, which is a way to salvation. And so I want to end today's um, leadership just a little bit different, but it's the most important thing. We, my father and I can uh, give you some principles that are proven through the Bible to help you in your transition, to help you in your career, to help you in your finances, and you can get all you want in life. But there's a verse that uh, says, that what would it profit the man if he gains the whole world, but he loses his own soul? The most important thing we can give you is to connect you with your creator, uh, a God that loves you. We are sinners. We can't help it. We inherited it from birth. Nobody taught us to sin. The Bible tells, tells us this, that the wages of sin or death. That means that we are going to be separated from holy God forever because of our sin. You can't have a relationship, holy God, with sinful mankind, but he sure does love you. He loves you. He loves you so much he sent his son Jesus to live a sinless life on your behalf and to go to a cross and to die on your behalf and to rise from the dead, proving in fact he is the only one that can give us eternal life. So if you'd like to have that today, I want to lead you in a prayer that, where you can do so. And it's nothing magical about the prayer or the words. It's about the condition of your heart. And so let me lead you in a prayer today if you'd like to have Christ in your life. If you bow your heads and close your eyes with me, Father, thank you so much for this lesson today. My prayer right now is that you would give courage to those who you have been knocking on their heart's door for some time. Now, if you'd like to have Christ in your life, if you'd just say a prayer like this and just mean it with everything you've got, okay? Say, Father, I know I'm a sinner, and I know I cannot save myself. I repent of my sins. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. I believe Jesus is Lord, and I believe Jesus rose from the dead. And I ask you today, would you come into my life? I want a relationship with you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, if you just gave your life to God, that's the single greatest thing that you could ever do. And we want to get you some content to get you started out right in your Christian journey. So we're going to have a leader come up in just a moment and tell you what's next. But it has been my joy and privilege to hang out with you today and to hang out with Fabulous. these great people. And Love so, uh, well. hey, we will see you next month. Thank you for tuning in to wrap up this lesson. A takeaway from part two is the confirmation of your leadership transfer will be shown and told when you are gone. Each month, we share these lessons at a live event to anyone in the Columbus, Georgia area. We'll have a delicious lunch waiting for you, a Q&A with Bill, and so much more. If you would like more information on dates and times of these events, you can visit bpleadership.com. This is where real leaders are made.